Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. on this. I, I guess I got to say glorious Thursday morning. What are they doing to me? This has been what a. What a crazy World Series this has been. Really, it is. I What a crazy postseason this has been. It's just, what are they doing? And, you know, those of you who have listened to me know I don't like no hitters. I, You know, I I was like, we were watching last night. I'm like, please don't, don't just give up one hit. Just give up one hit. And when Gene Segura... Hit that line drive. I think it was two outs in the inning. Was that the seventh, maybe? When he hit that line drive and and Icky caught it, I'm like, they're going to throw a no-hitter. Don't do this. Just don't do this. You know, I just – no-hitters are something that you just don't – I don't ever want to throw a no-hitter, ever. But especially in the World Series. What are uh, obviously they didn't set out to do it. The problem was that the Phillies set an all-time World Series record with five home runs the night before, so they had to come down. The Piper had to be paid. What? A, but the problem was, you know, they paid it too well. Like the Piper was too angry. The cat needs to calm down a little bit, chill out a little bit. He was too angry, so they go from five home runs to set an all-time record. Understand, we've been playing this World Series thing for 100 years. I have to go back and look at it, but I'm pretty sure the first World Series was like in 1903. Like before that, they, they wanted titles, but they didn't call it the World Series. It was just di- done differently. It's like 1902, 1903, right in there was the first World Series. And I mean... They've been, we've been doing this for a hundred years. No one had ever done it. And so they had to pay the piper, but they paid it too well. So I don't know what's about to happen, really. I, you know, look, the bottom line is the Astros had to win the game. In my mind, it's it's silly to even discuss, oh, he had a no-hitter, why'd you pull him out? I, I I didn't, I was thinking, I was saying leave him in had nothing to do with a no-hitter. I don't even like no-hitters. I think they're awful. But um, unless I'm getting my face crushed and I'm, I'm getting no-hit, then I got an increased chance of winning the next day, so I'm good with it if I'm getting my – now, it's one nothing. I don't want to get no hit because I want to win. But if I'm down 6 nothing in the eighth and I got, I'm got i getting no hit, like, cat, get no hit, let's go. 
my chances go up the next day of winning. Um, but I, I don't even know what to think of this. You know, I've heard the theory that 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 was actually good because it gets into Philly's head. And look, I hope that's right. I just want to win the World Series. I don't care how we do it. But it's um. But I, I I don't think that's baseball. I think that's football. I, I just I just don't think that's baseball. I mean, I hope it's right. I don't care what happens. I don't care if the officials cheat, the ums cheat. I just want to win the World Series. But just look at the day before. I mean, you don't have to look very far back. I mean, the Phillies were flying as high as you can fly, and the Astros looked as miserable as you can look the day before. In baseball, it's just different. We, we, we talk about that all the time on this show. Baseball, this is not football. I, I just, I don't think all of that mental, oh, now the Phillies are down and out and they intimidated and look who's boss and all that. I, I, don't, I don't think that has anything to do with baseball. Nothing. I, look, my heart hopes that that's true. And that somehow they got intimidated, and somehow it gives the Astros an edge in the rest of this series. But 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 the, my head tells me that's not baseball. Like that's a that's a football comment. I, I I just I think that's a football mentality, and I just don't think it applies to baseball. I look, I hope it does. I I just don't I just don't believe it will. I I just think. Baseball players, especially, they understand you wipe the slate clean the next day and you start over. That's how baseball's played. I just don't. I just don't think it 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 applies. But man, I hope it does. Oh, they, they got to hit. They got to hit. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Man, I hope it does. Hello. Do I gotta start the show listening to all this? I mean, well, the, you play the perfect game. We play in the World enjoy Series. The, you don't. You don't want to talk enjoy, about the World Series. Enjoy the win. You, you it's just oh. like you have in a, in a regular season. You have a pitcher pitch nine in the pitcher no hitter. Awful. Celebrate. I mean, no. you you live you live to see another day. You live to go back at home. Talk about the positive, not your team pitching up. No, I'm trying to no win the World Series. That's what we're discussing. Oh, like it's the end of the world. That's what we're discussing. I'm trying to win the World Series. Well, you're going to win the World Series if you pitch or keep pitching the way they pitch. Well, no, but that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. I mean, don't come talking about, oh, we pitch a no-hitter. That's awful. It's not good to pitch a no-hitter. Oh, you you, listen, I'm glad me and you don't have the same team. (laughs) I I I couldn't make it with you. Well, I'm just analyzing. I'm just analyzing what's going on. I'm trying to win the World Series. I'm not trying to throw a no-hitter. Who cares about a no-hitter? That means nothing other than it hurts you. The no-hitter part part only hurts you. The only no-hitter, the no-hitter part only hurts you. There's no good out of that. None. No that's, good. No, that's, that's not true. I, 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 I beg the difference. I beg the difference. See, y'all playing play a perfect game last night. Hopefully well, no, y'all can come hit. with a good pitcher. And play, what, if, what, what if, just say tonight, what if y'all pitch another no-hitter? Oh, that can't happen. 
thing. What if it happens? It's possible. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna faint. Is the problem? So oh, let, let's God. not have I that mean, happen. I'm, I'm coming to hear some good positive stuff about the Astros win last night. They pitched a no hitter. Oh no, no, God Almighty! <laughs> listen, listen. Do me a favor. Enjoy the victory. Well, I, I, I got. I'm trying to win the World Series. I'm not trying to know win a no hitter. I, I, I don't care about the no hitter other than it hurts me. Again, all that matters is winning the World Series. You won the game. You never lost. You got to think positive, my brother. Well, look, believe me, I felt really good because they needed a win desperately. They had to to get a win, and they got it. Right. That part is tremendous, but I don't need extra obstacles. You gave yourself an extra obstacle. Well, I no, didn't want to have to overcome that. Last night. You pitch, you pitch us, we're selling your hitters. I'm going to put y'all there. Now, y'all need to get me where I need to get. Y'all need to hit the ball. Y'all need to start hitting the ball until the fourth fit in it. Oh, yeah, that needs to stop. Yeah, stop. y'all got to hit the ball early. Oh, I agree. I mean, I, and, and plus, tell me, I think your pitcher could have went two more innings. Well, yeah, but again, the, the other thing is you're trying to win the World Series. Your 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 pitcher your relief pitchers they didn't pitch Sunday because they were off they didn't pitch Monday because they had a rainout and on Rain Tuesday out, you right. got your faces crushed so you need to keep your guys sharp because you're not trying to throw a no hitter you're trying to win the World Series so these guys but have to be at the sharp. Same time, but at the, I understand you keep talking about the World Series you can't win the World Series in one game. Well, Take no, but you you out. have to plan for the series. You have your to plan. Your relief pitchers came and pitched a no-hitter. You're playing baseball. Exactly. But you don't want to start hitting the ball, and then and then you're going to have everybody hitting the ball. They know what it's going to be. You no, but no, but listen, Banks. What, what what you don't want to do, what you don't want to do, is have a situation where you really need your relief pitchers and ain't pitched in three or four days, and they're not sharp tonight. So he did. Dusty played it perfectly. He played it perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then. Well, I'm gonna listen in. Enjoy all right, all right, all right. Oh, it's just look again. All that matters is winning the World Series. All this silly no hitter stuff, and all oh, you didn't leave him in. Oh, they wouldn't have done this forty years ago. None of that means anything. That's all silly stuff. That's all. No, that means nothing. You're trying to win the World Series. You're trying to make give yourself a best chance to win today and tomorrow and game. You know now because he pulled him. You can maybe get two or three innings out of Javier in in uh, in Game Seven if you get to Game Seven. You got to man it. You, you you're not playing to get a no hitter. That is irrelevant. Irrelevant. Silly, irrelevant stuff is what a no-hitter is. We're trying to win the World Series. That's like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just useless. It's a, it's a non-factor other than it gives you one more obstacle to have to overcome. I don't need more obstacles. I already got enough obstacles. My team can't hit a lick. But think about this. Just think about the statement that I'm about to make. Just think about this. The uh, Justin Verlander is going to win the Cy Young. That's what everybody tells me. They're going to win the Cy Young. The Cy Young Award winner is the third best pitcher on this team. Third on his own team. 
He's about to win the Cy Young. He's the third best pitcher on his own team. A team that is about to go into game five of the World Series and their relief pitchers have given up zero runs. Zero runs. And I'm tied 2-2. That's how bad of an offense the Astros have. That's how little they can hit. The Cy Young Award winner is the third best pitcher on his own team. Their relief pitchers never give up a run, and it's tied 2-2. Tell me that makes sense. Think about that. Tell me that makes sense. And the reason why is because they can't hit. Unbelievable. They scored in five out of 36 innings. You got to hit the baseball. You realize the Astros in four games have not played a single inning where they scored a run. They've scored two runs twice, which is good. I love crooked numbers. They scored three runs twice, and they scored five. They they never just score a run. Like, let's just play baseball and score a run. In the sixth or seventh inning, like, like, like let, 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 let's, let's just score a run. They got to score some runs tonight. All right, one more. Um, we'll take go back to the game hotline before we go to, to the next break. Hello. Kevin. Yes, sir. Kevin, let me tell you something, Kevin. He's just not satisfied at all, Kevin. Just... He, he would he just never be a satisfied guy. It oh, no, believe he, me. He's sitting up there talking about they can't hit. They can't, can't hit. do this. They can't do that. They Gotta can't hit. do that. Gotta I hit. can't tell they're in the World Series. So how do you get to the World Series if you can't hit? I mean, you want them to hit every game and stuff, and you always do that to yourself. You contradict yourself. You can't do that because baseball gets you. Yeah, remember, you're playing a baseball game, Kevin, so you won't hit, gotta hit. every game. And you won't score a lot of runs every game. If that's the case, you you won't lose. Well, no, you, know, you, so can't, you can't do that, do that. every the game. game will get you, Kevin. Can so I do it? Can I, about? can I do it one time? I mean, time? you just never satisfied. The, I just want to do it one time, I, and it needs to be the tonight. You're the person I know that complain when your player or the team get a no hitter. Now, who far is the team get a no hitter? I just the pitchers doing their job and they go out there. Oh no, I don't. Bl- I'm not blaming them. Like I'm just that curses you. No, I'm blaming. I'm not blaming no them. Hitter? I'm not blaming them. I'm blaming. I'm just upset that it happened. I'm yeah, not blaming why? them. Why are you upset? So, because that's yeah, one more obstacle you have to no leave. Hitter, that means they got to give up some hitters. So uh, what? What you want? You want to give up some hitters or you want a no hitter? What you want? Oh, no, I want to win. Winning is the most important thing. So you won. All right. I so just wish they would have thrown win, a one-hitter. All win, I'm saying is I wish they'd have thrown a one-hitter. The part that I'm bucking back against is this idea of people. There's people all over the country today. They're arguing on chat rooms and in talk shows and about a water cooler. Why they pulled them? Who them, cares Kevin. about no-hitters? I'm trying to, to win the World Series. They don't listen to them. They crazy. I don't listen to them. Half of them are Yankee fans. You know that already. <laughs> Don't listen to them. Why are you listening to them? I'm going to tell you one more time before I hang up. I'm going to make a long story short, Kevin. Before I go, Kevin, the expectations are too high. No. No. I disagree. A little bit too All right. high. All right. Down well, a little bit. You can't have 10 runs every game. Oh, no, no. I just want it once. I just need high. it once. Can I get it once? One time. One time. Yeah, but the series is tied. Kevin. One time. And it needs to be tonight. in the perfect spot right now. It needs to be tonight. I. I 
If y'all win tonight and go up 3-2, to me, I have to go up 3-2. Y'all go up 3-2, y'all win this thing automatically, I think. In my opinion, I'm telling you, Kevin, because I told you before it happened. But stop One time. worrying too much. Stop oh, no. worrying. I'll, I'll stop worrying. I'll stop worrying when I order my hammock. Are too high. No, I got to win the World Series, and then I'll stop worrying. Hammock season. All right, thanks for so, the call. You ain't going to start. You ain't going to stop worrying. You can be right back to worrying the, the very next day if y'all win. So we'll, oh, we'll no. talk later. Bye. All right. One more. One more. No, okay, no. All right, let's do this. Take a timeout. If you want, we got to have a lot of interviews today. So if you want to get in, this next segment is the time to do it. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Kevin Foote is a walking, talking encyclopedia of New Orleans Saints history. No. Seriously. After that is 2013, which I call the Forgotten Saints season because in so many people's mind, the Saints' streak of good football ended with the Bounty Gate season. And it's not just recent history either. In 88, they finished 10 and 6, tied for first place in the division, did not make the playoff because they got cheated by a blind official named Fred Silver who absolutely cheated, uh, stole a game on Sunday night in a 13 to 12 loss to the Giants with his either blindness and ebony or cheating or whatever you want to call it. I think he was just blind and senile. We return to the man who's forgotten more Saints history than you will ever know. Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111 if you would like to get in. Want to remind you, game five of the Astros World Series is tonight in Philly. And you can hear all the action right here on the game. 1037 Laviette, 1041 Lake Charles. Astro launch begins at 630. First pitch, 703. All right. You can also, if you didn't hear the news yesterday, we're planning Facebook Live tonight on the game's Facebook and Twitch accounts. Starting at 7 o'clock tonight. So if you have watched Facebook Live in the past and would like to do it again, Facebook Live tonight on the game's Facebook and Twitch Twitch accounts. I don't know why that word is hard for me to say. Um, Starting at 7 p.m. All right. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin. Yes, sir. Talking to me like I'm not tech savvy. <laughs> I mean, I know about Twitch, man. I know about apps and all that. I got to download all my. I got to download apps for my wife because she acts like she's a lot smarter than me, Kevin, and she acts like she doesn't know all this stuff. But anyway, I got my Twitch app loading as we speak. And I'm going to be ready. But, you know, I got to watch you on my phone. I can't watch you all the time because it makes me too nervous. But anyway, I'm ready. Okay, Kevin, listen. You know, it's scary sometimes. You and I think a lot alike. And I had all those thoughts last night. But listen, you boys, uh, who's, that, who's your first caller today? Uh, what's his name? Banks. Banks. 
Yeah, he, he, him and, and uh, Rockefeller, they got a point, Kevin, man. You got to relax just a little bit, Kevin. Relax? Just what does that have to do? I'm trying to win the World Series. There's no time to relax. You relax after you win the World Series. Kevin, you got to save at least for a moment. You didn't just feel like a little euphoria last night? Well, of course. Ever. I love it. In the moment, it's great. Yes. I, I mean, yeah, okay. it, it, it's great. Yeah, I, I sat, I went, I, w- I watched it at, at my daughter's house. Like, we've been doing this postseason. I went home. I watched uh-huh. the post game. I enjoyed all yeah. of that. But, okay. but, but, but yeah, I also okay. know you, that you it's a, a little it, bit, but yeah, it, yeah, it, it gives you an obstacle that you didn't need. And I'm, yeah, and yeah, again, oh, yeah. I'm trying to win the World Series. But Kevin, yeah, I agree. I agree. You you don't need that because I mean, look at the feeling. This is a perfect example. The night before, look history, history. Yeah, history, you don't want to do and that, and they don't want to stay in baseball. They, they made history the next last night too. The feelings. They all, so yeah. That, uh, listen, you're right. It's got to save it. Okay, Kevin. Your thoughts? I know you probably thinking the same thing. Uh, a Rod said he immediately after the game. I guarantee you, you will see. Christian Javier on three days rest. You're not going to see pretty boy McCullers. He ain't walking McCullers out on that mound. Well, again, we don't know McCullers might might situationally pitch. I'm not saying McCullers wouldn't go in there for a matchup or something. But he, he, if he walks out pretty boy on that mound, for game seven, hopefully that don't happen. We don't need a game seven. But we got to get to game seven. seven. He can't start that dude, Kevin. Do you agree? I don't know. I don't know that he won't start him. I don't know. Now, I think – I don't think – I think if he starts him, he'd probably go like two innings, maybe three, and pull him quick. What are you talking about? McCullers? McCullers. Yeah. McCullers. Yeah, oh, yeah. If he starts him, he can, he's got to – I mean, some – you got to be ready immediately. Yeah. The first – but also, the, the but also, if but but Manny, they'll try to fix his mechanics. I mean, he's not, you know, you know. Believe me, they studied all the stuff that went wrong. I mean, if he does put him oh, out yeah. there again, yeah. he's not going to do the same thing. Hopefully, you wouldn't well, think no, so. No, no, okay, I understand that, but I just don't think matchup wise. He it, no, he doesn't match up. No question. Look, we talked about it yesterday. Javier matches up because he throws high fastballs, and that's their biggest right. weakness. So the matchup yeah, last yeah. night was perfect. Plus, he's perfect. I mean, he's just Correct. an incredible pitcher for whatever. I, I I still don't totally understand the physics behind yeah. how in an era of yeah, everyone throwing – he throws 92-93, and they can't touch him. Ten-point accuracy. Throwing the fastball. Oh. You you know yourself. You've been covering – been around baseball all your life, and I, I swear about I played – a coach, ten point accuracy. Well placed fastball is the best pitch ever invented. I don't care being blah blah all that blah blah blah. Baloney, a well placed fastball yeah. doesn't have to be ninety eight miles an hour. I mean it helps. But so you, you look last night, they showed us that he's got the lowest velocity of all starters, even lower than McCullers. Ninety-four point three on fastball. He puts it wherever the catcher puts his mitt. That's where the fastball goes. I mean, it's hard to beat. No, he's tremendous. No, he's tremendous. I'm gonna watch you twitching tonight, man. All right, twitching with glee. All right, all right. Listen, Verlander's coming through tonight, Kevin. He's breaking it. 
He's breaking the curse. It's all over. All right. Fernando I hope you're right. Wheel, write it down. Six innings, less than two runs. I don't see how that's going to happen, down, but I, I hope you're all right. right. All right. Look, I, I don't even like the whole Verlander thing. Like, I don't know. Look, Verlander's – I'm not saying he's as good as Javier because he's not, but Verlander is capable of beating you with high fastballs. That's essentially how he pitches a lot of times. So, I mean – he, he should have the stuff to do it, but it's just, does anybody really have any confidence in him right now? Really any? Uh, especially coming off throwing a no-hitter. That makes his job even tougher because now the Piper's mad. He's fighting against the Piper and the Phillies now. Not good. Uh, oh, man. I, I, they got to score runs. Can they just in one game score a bunch of runs one time? Can they score more than five runs? One, They did it, what, in game one? And this is like, that's the only other time they did it. Or did they have seven maybe one time against the Yankees? They just, man, they need a hit tonight. Tonight has got to be a hit night. They ain't hit all series. It's time to hit, Cat. Let's go. This is the World Series. Time to hit. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Howdy. Up here. Yes, sir. All right. I'm thinking they're going to they're gonna score some runs tonight. Because this to. is the third game in a row they play. They're in a groove now. They're in a routine. You know, postseason baseball lends itself to low scoring cause you, because of all these off days. Um, way too many of them in, in my case. But, but I think in this, I think it's going to, I think we're going to score some runs. And I tell you what, this no hitter that we had last night could work in our favor. If we pounce on them early and, you know, get two or three runs early and get ahead, then they'll have doubts in their minds. Um, but I see your point about the Piper having to be paid if yeah. we don't score. Because yeah, Verlander just... won't shut them down like Javier did completely. No, he's just not that good. But it, it, no, he's, it's... Not. he's our third best pitcher. You're yeah. correct. Uh, I totally agree. At, at best. Um, and to the last caller's point, I agree. I hope if there is a game seven, I hope Dusty Baker's not dumb enough to start Lance McCullers. McCullers should not see the mound again. Well, he doesn't match up with the Phillies. There's no his arsenal doesn't match up with the Phillies. There's no doubt about that. But 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 again, I don't know what Dusty'll do, but Dusty's MO is he sticks with his veterans. <laughs> and he's well, done mean, it this, all this, year. I don't even know where to start on this. He, I mean, he uh, sticks I, with his I, vet. Look, how many people in for the first four months of the season would have voted to keep to stick with Yuli? Oh, yeah, I think Yuli should be going. And, and he's I, I, stuck I, I, with I really Yuli, uh, and Yuli's uh, been Yuli has been his most consistent hitter. He's like he, he's been the most consistent hitter in the postseason. So he, it, Dusty was right about that. Mo, almost every one of us were like, man. At the very least, we were like, man. I don't know if he can stick with. He, Yuli he's now. getting a lot of singles, Kevin, but he's not driving the ball, whatever. He's hitting I, about three sixty. I mean, you, you want him next year? I don't know. And the man stole a base I mean, at 38 I, years you know, old. You, you, you say we're not a good hitting team, and there's can't a reason hit. for that. The bottom of the lineup, well, we you know, from hit. six on down, is, is inconsistent at best. I mean, Maldonado, I don't know. The bottom's done better than the that's, top. That's got to be the Maldonado might be the worst. Maldonado among Ma- starters in the major league. Dave Maldonado and McCormick have hit better than anybody in the top of the lineup, except for maybe Pena. Altuve's done nothing. 
Well, I'm talking El about Perro's done season. nothing. We're going to go into the regular season next year and, and hope to get back. I'm not I worried about know. we got to get, get, get another bat in there somewhere. I'm not worried about the regular season. I'm worried about winning the World Series. Well, uh, well, then if, you, if, you, if you, your theory seems to be that let's go with who's hot, in that case, McCullough shouldn't, shouldn't be pitching. Again, I, I, if they sit McCullers, I have no issue with that. I'm not saying I, I support that. I'm saying don't be shocked because Dusty's MO is he sticks with his veterans. Well, you answered a question earlier that I was going to ask you, and, that, and as soon as the final out was made last night, my first thought was could Javier pitch if there was a game seven on three days rest? And, oh, he could pitch you know, two or three innings, yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. I hope so. It's Johnny yeah. Holstaff in game seven if you get there. Everyone's got to pitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I Everyone. mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm so, I'm still disappointed in McCullers. I just can't. You know, that was his first World Series game, you know, in, in exactly five years. Yeah, but, 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 but again, yeah. I, I don't think it was nerves. He doesn't match up with this team. This is a team that's vulnerable to the high fastball. They've said it even in the last series. He yeah, just doesn't not, match up with him. them. Yeah, that's not him. Well, no. we'll see how it goes. You know, we're 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 back in it. So we'll we'll see how it goes, and if we can get two or three runs ahead early tonight, then we start putting doubts in their mind, and maybe the baseball gods will finally give Verlander a World Series win. We'll see. So have a good one. Thanks for the call. All right. All right. We'll take a timeout. Come back. Shift gears just a little bit. We'll be talking World Series with Mr. Tom as well, but the Breeders' Cups this weekend, we'll get some comments from him about that as well. We'll take a timeout. On the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. I just got a text from a friend who's an Astro fan and knows a lot about baseball, and he says, why do you worry about a no-hitter? Why, why do you not worry about winning the World Series? I'm like, I don't know. They, they, they all, everybody gets so fascinated, caught up with no-hitters. I don't care about that. I want to win the World Series. He can't figure it out. I can't figure it out, and y'all call me crazy. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I'm trying to win the World Series, Cat. You know, during the regular season – Every 10 games is like one football game. So you could look at the World Series is like one football game since we're so football-oriented down here. We're we're basically in the third quarter. Y'all want me to be excited because I scored a touchdown from 99 yards out on one play in the third quarter. I don't I'm glad we scored a touchdown from 99 yards out on one play in the third quarter to 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 even to, to tie the game, but the game's just tied. I'm trying to win the World Series. I'm trying to win the game. I'm not trying to win the third quarter. Or you know, I I don't understand what people don't understand about that. Anyway, Let's go to the game hotline and bring on our friend, Mr. Tom. And, Mr. Tom, please tell me that Justin Verlander has one good game left in him. He's got one good three innings. (laughs) I hope he can get me more than three. Well, we we do like last time, we'll just use the bullpen. But I'm not going to let him give up five runs before I take him out of the game. No, they can't do that again. No. No, no. 
So it's got to be a, a real quick hook, even on a, a, a Hall of Famer. That's the way it goes. Um, I'm sorry I missed the game last night, but I had all this other stuff I was going through. So I just taped it, and I figured, well, you know, we get down three or four runs, we ain't going to catch up. So that's pretty much the game, isn't it? The team that scores first. Man. Well, except for when Verlander blew it. Well, yeah, we had that 5 nine, But, again, I just think they just rested on the fact that he was Justin Verlander. Yes. You know? But it's like, like McCullers. It, did he tip his pitches? I don't know. But, you know, they whacked him really good. They 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 absolutely did. All right, so um, tell me what uh what, what have you learned? What, what advice since we last spoke going into this weekend's Breeders' Cup can you give people who who are, are going to be you know laying a yeah, few wagers so perhaps? This, right. Well, on Friday tomorrow is uh, Futures Friday. These are all two-year-old races. All six of them or five of them on Friday. Two-year-old races. So they'll be interesting for those people who have time. USA Network, I think that's NBC Network. USA will have the, the games on Friday. And TBG FanDuel will have the games on Friday. I mean, the races on Friday. So it's all two-year-olds. And there's some interesting races. <clears throat> Let's see. We'll get to the first interesting race would be race nine. In this horse I told you about, Cave Rock. Bob Baffert horse, who's two years old, comes from Arrogate's last crop. And Arrogate was, you know, just a sensational horse for two or three years. Um, this horse is yet to be even tested, okay? This will be the first time. And he's beaten pretty much two or three horses in this race. So in race nine, Cave Rock, if he runs his race, he should beat that field. But there's some good horses in there. Okay. You still there? Yes, sir. Okay, I'm just uh I'm just going through that. That's the first race. Uh race number eight. Um it it's uh, race number eight is wide open. Um there's a horse called Delight, number nine, and number ten, Mediate, and number thirteen, Zygera. These are the three best horses. And I'm looking at number four, number five, free look and pleasant passage. They'll be running late. In two-year-old races, sometimes that's very, very helpful. The most interesting race of tomorrow is probably race number seven because the horses in race number seven are combined the best of the two-year-old lot if you don't count Cave Rock. The difference is is that these horses are let's say I'm not gonna say all going to the are going to be in the Derby, but some of them will. The first one is chocolate gelato. This is a Fletcher Ortiz Rapoli. And anybody that knows horse racing, when you put those three names together, they make winners. Todd Fletcher, Irad Ortiz, and Mike Rapoli. And Mike Rapoli is one of the best owners in the business, and he's a funny guy when he talks. Okay, there's also five Wonder Wheel, a Mark Cassie, Tyler Gaglione horse, who's won already some grade one races. He'll be tough. And then the two horses, three horses that I'm really, really looking at. Number seven is a horse called Chop Chop, 
Can't forget that name. Number 14, Raging Sea. And number eight, anatomically, is Todd Pletcher's other horse in the race. And watch him closely. Anatomically can actually win that race because he's really, really improving. Okay, so out of all of those, which one do you like the Mm -hmm. best? Who do I like the most? Yeah, which one do you like the best out of all those that you just said for tomorrow? Oh, Cave Rock. Uh, Cave Rock, the Todd Pletcher horse that's headed to the Derby. The only reason he doesn't go to the Derby is he gets hurt or something happens. But he won't be going to the Derby under Todd Pletcher because Pletcher is, what do they say, banned for one more year. So he'll have to give this horse to somebody else. But if this horse gets beat tomorrow, then all bets are off as far as I'm concerned. But if he does what he did so far, he'll be headed to the Derby. Okay? That's the best race tomorrow. But they're all good. The the 10th race is a horse called Silver Knot. This is Appleby Buick Godolphin. There's another thing you need to look at. Charlie Appleby, Billy Buick and Godolphin that has 1,400 horses in training around the world. So they're very, very good. Uh, the race 10 is a turf horse, and the, the, uh, the Europeans win that race usually. But I'm looking at Silver Knot number four. And that's Friday, okay? All young horses. Great betting opportunities because you don't know what they're going to do. All right, so tell me about this horse that you said yeah. might be the best since Secretariat, and what does this oh, yeah. horse need to do to, to uphold that kind of a statement this, right. on Saturday? It's real easy. It's real easy. He's number four. He's called Flight Line. He's trained by um, John Sadler, who bases everything in California out of Santa Anita. Well, here he is. Flight Line and Life is Good. Life is Good is a Pletcher horse. Life is Good used to be a Baffert horse. But he's a Pletcher horse now. Now, life is good. We'll go to the front. He will break from the gate very fast, and he will go to the front. And flight line will be right there with him. Now, here's the key. Flight line is the best horse in the race. If he passes, life is good. If he passes him about the 440-yard mark, 500-yard mark, if he passes that horse, they're not going to catch him. That's it. They're not going to catch him. If if life is good, puts a fight up, then there's several horses in here that could beat him. But he is so fast. Uh, Kevin, I can't explain to you how good this horse is. This is the fastest horse I've seen since Dr. Fager. Now, most people don't know who Dr. Fager is. Dr. Fager was a sprinter and a speed horse in the late 60s, and he broke all the world records for running and held them for a long, long time. This horse is as fast a horse as I've ever seen. His acceleration, I, I can't compare. His acceleration, let me compare him to Usain Bolt. You know, who could beat Usain Bolt when he was really, really good? Nobody. This horse is the same kind of animal. If he does what he's supposed to do, that's 440 on big NBC on Saturday. Anybody that wants to watch. If he does what he's supposed to do, we're going to be talking about him like we talk about Secretary. That's it. That's all I can say. He's fast. Now, fast. how old is like, this horse isn't going to be racing in the big races next year? Uh, what is that now? Well, he's four years old. Oh, he's, he's older. Okay, okay, okay. 
Yeah, he's a, he's not a three year old. No. But well, why why old, why why didn't he? Why didn't we hear about him as a three year old? Again, here's the problem, Foot. Most horses don't develop to their best until the fall of their three year old year, like Arrogate did. In other words, he wasn't ready to run at Derby time. Derby time, you have to be special to run that early in your three year old career. It, it most Derby winners. Don't go on to be really great horses. Let's put it that way. It's difficult because they run so early in the year. Does that answer your question? That's, that's mean, crazy. It, it's horses, horses in four months can develop what humans develop in five years. Does that make any sense? Right. Yeah. In other words, not, not, not really developed enough to run. Some of them are. Some of them aren't. The late developers like, like – uh, Flightline, they end up being usually the best horses. Well, it's I sure hope fun. Justin Verlander makes about five years of development oh, in five oh. days. I, 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 if he's throwing, you know, if he's throwing like he threw the first three innings, he'll be fine. But Dusty's going to have to have a quick hook, and hook tonight. He, but well, we're going back home, but we're going back home. Well, and and well, we have to think positive about going back home. Well, all I, I can think about is 2019. You gotta be as crazy as Philadelphia. You gotta be all worked up. We gotta hit. You wanna win this thing. Yeah, we gotta hit. Well, all right. That, all right. So work if the momentum starts. Let, let us okay, let home. before before I let you go, tell us again when this great horse is gonna run. He's gonna run at four forty on Saturday afternoon on Big NBC. That's all I can tell you. All right. It's well it'll be, be good. We'll be interested to see uh how he does. We appreciate your time. And uh, just try to try to get us a win tonight. We need one. <laughs> I'm gonna watch tonight. All right, all right, all right, all right. Take See care. Thanks, Mr. Tom. <laughs> all right, we'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game again. It has been, uh, man, it's just been a, such a wide range of emotions for an, an Astro fan who's, like, really into baseball. Like, it's just, and who lived through 80 and 86 and 97 and 98 and 99 and 01 and 04 and 05. In 15 and 17 and 18 and 19 and 20 and 21. You know, in 19, the Astros took 3 2, took a 3 2 lead home to Houston, only needed to win one, and they couldn't hit a lick for two games. They didn't hit really the whole series other than one or two games in Washington, couldn't hit a lick and lost. I mean, after they won that third game in Washington, every oh, they're gonna win. They're going home, and they they couldn't hit a lick, didn't hit, and lost. And um, got a hit. You got a hit. I'm not worried about next season, like big, you know, like bankrupt day. Talk about next season, and look, I'll worry about next season after I purchase my hammock. But I'll discuss next season, but I'm not even worried. If the Astros win the World Series, not even worried about next season. Whatever they do, they do. Um, but 
We'll worry about next season later. Right now, you're trying to win the World Series, and it don't matter if you're tied in the third. That's all they are. The Astros are tied in the third quarter right now, and y'all want me to spike the football because I scored a touchdown. That's basically what y'all, most of you are saying. We're tied in the third quarter, and y'all want me to spike the football and start doing commercials and say, look at me. Look at me. I'm tied in the third quarter. Have y'all all lost your minds? I'm trying to win the game, trying to win the World Series, and y'all worried about how pretty my touchdown was in the third quarter. That's what y'all are doing. And y'all would say, I'm crazy. I mean, if you all lost your minds. I don't care how pretty the touchdown was in the third quarter that tied the game. I'm trying to win the game. I'm trying to win the World Series. I don't understand what y'all don't get about that. I have a friend who constantly asks, are you ready? And anyone who's worried about a no-hitter and how pretty the touchdown was that tied the game in the third quarter, you ain't ready. All you want to do is talk trash on Facebook about your team. That's all you want to do. You're not worried about winning the World Series. You're not focused. You're not ready. Verlanders just got to pitch tonight. But 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 more importantly, they got a hit. I don't know if you heard in the first out. The Astros have scored in five. The Astros have not one time have they manufactured one run. Like, you, they need to score. I love crooked numbers. But every once in a while, you keep, after you score a crooked number, three innings later, score one run for me. That'll do it for the first hour. Another hour to follow. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3. And 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. It is game five of the World Series tonight. And want to remind everyone, you can hear that game right here on the game. 631st pitch. 703. No, 630 Astro launch. 703 first pitch. And you can hear all the action right here on the game, 103.7. Laviette, 104.1 leg. Charles, also, we are doing, if you haven't heard, Facebook Live tonight. And you can see that, view Facebook Live on the game's Facebook and Twitch accounts. Hopefully, you're like Manny and you're an IT genius and you know how to find all that stuff. They tell me all I got to do is show up and talk or scream and pace, all that kind of stuff. Um, And so hopefully, but if you're interested in that, certainly figure out if you're like me, ask somebody who knows how to, how to get uh, the Twitch account, Facebook account and watch it on the game's Facebook and Twitch account. Oh, man, please, 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 Justin. Do what Christian did last night. 
And somebody, please get some base hits. Got to win. Got to hit the ball. All right. A man that knows about a little bit about pressure of postseason play, and it's still a big football weekend. We have with us the guru. How are you, sir? Hello. Hey, how's it going, Kevin? All right, Guru, they want me to spike the football and start celebrating when I'm tied in the third quarter. Can you understand that because I threw this pretty touchdown pass in the third quarter, I'm not ready to spike the football and start celebrating like I won the game. I'm tied in the third quarter. You got to stay oh, yeah, focused. Yeah, it's not over yet. In the heat of battle. Oh, not it's time not to celebrate. Oh, oh, it's not time to celebrate. It's time to it's time to um, figure out these identified obstacles and let's figure out how to overcome them so I can win the battle. I, 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 so I can win the war. I, I can't be worried about, oh, I look good in the third quarter. I got to win the game. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like, I mean, he had a good win last night. So, you know, have a little celebration. But then now today, it's like it's, it's, it's wartime again. You know, so I wouldn't be celebrating too much today. You got to like, flush it and move on to the next. And, and, and again, I, I've heard that theory that, you know, that the Astros are in their heads now. I, I just think the Phillies are going to flush it just like I hope the Astros do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this thing's far from over. I still think the Astros win it, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it's far from over. So, can't get comfortable. Craziness. All right. So, we've talked all season long how crazy of a fantasy season this has been, and I, I think it, it continues to be. It's just uh, I, I'm, I looked at the schedule from a fantasy standpoint this week. I don't. I don't know that it's it's certainly not the worst on paper fantasy week. Or are there any matchups that you really really like that you saw this week? Yeah, it's a pretty rough week. You know, six teams on bye week. So yeah, not a whole lot of ones that you're like, wow, like this is going to be an, an epic shootout. But they do have a few that I kind of like. And I think the Chiefs Titans. Uh, I believe that's a Sunday night game. Should be pretty fantasy friendly and the. The Vikings-Commanders game, the game not many people are talking about that I think could be pretty fantasy-friendly because neither defense is very good, especially against the pass. So that could end up a, a low-key shootout, I feel. So who do you like in the Titans-Chiefs matchup? Because the the Titans are like the experts on muddying it up a game. I, uh, obviously, last week, you know, Derrick Henry was, you know, dominant and ran for over 200 yards and all. But other than him, who do you like in that matchup? Well, yeah, that's the thing. I don't think they're going to be able to muddy this one up. They kind of muddied up the Chiefs last year, but the Chiefs with Andy Reid and Mahomes are really good at adjusting, so I think they'll adjust back and force the Titans to kind of keep up throwing to where, like, I mean, Henry should still do his thing, but, like, Ryan Tannehill and Robert Woods, Austin Hooper, some of them might be worth a dart throw. But, they, you know, that's just their offense. Isn't that great? But that just goes to show how bad the slate is this week. It's a pretty rough slate. When you got six teams on by, there's just you just gotta hope to survive. I mean, there's not gonna it's not gonna be a lot of pretty uh, you know, pretty statistical totals, I don't feel, but we'll see. All right. So are you worried about Trevor Lawrence yet? I know you're a big Trevor Lawrence guy. Still not seeing it. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's, he's I got to admit, he's not looked apart. He looks very just behind. Like, and he's just, I don't know, maybe one day he'll catch up, but he's still he's still playing like a rookie, and that's really concerning considering he had a full rookie season. And then now this year he still looks bad. So I think this could be a good get-right week for him, though, against the Raiders, who are pretty bad. Like, I think him and Derek Carr might get back on track this week. So what did you mention the Raiders like you, you know when you play when you play that badly you would think you would really be ultra focused and come back and bounce backs but 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 if you have obviously if you have Waller you're upset because he's hurt all the time but if you have one of his he's got two good receivers he's got a good running back and he's not like an elite quarterback but he's like a, you know a little above average theoretically uh, what, what, what do you, do you play those, do you play those guys for sure this week and thinking they're going to bounce back? I definitely wouldn't play Carr for sure. I, I think he'll bounce back to some degree, but probably not enough to start. But as far as like Adams and Jacobs and Waller, if he plays, yeah, you definitely got to roll them out because they're, they're going to get volume. There's not many targets in that Raiders offense, like as far as number of players or like Adams. Adams will get back to getting volume. I think he was probably still bad on the flu during the Saints game. That's, that's the only thing that makes sense. Why he only caught one for three yards. So, yeah, those guys, they should recover this week. All right. There was, a, I don't know, week two, three, or four in there. It was starting to look like the Bears might be playing defense. But they got torched last week on defense, and they traded good players. So, uh, and Miami's, you know, obviously when they've got all their weapons, they're pretty good. It seemed like playing Dolphins against the uh, Bears could be a good play this week. Yeah, yeah, that's a game that could be a shootout potentially. You know, I mean, I don't think Miami does quite as well this week though because Detroit stinks. But you gotta give Troy's Dolphins credit; they played amazing this year to where like. Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle are, are matchup proof, and Tua's getting to be that as well. To where they're just the kind of guy where you've just got to set them in your starting lineup no matter what. So, yeah, I'm not worried about the Bears. They might come down somewhat, but even if they're not quite as good, they're still top five to ten at their position. All right. For, so, from a fantasy standpoint, do you like TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings? Not really, because he's going to have to deal with more competition for targets. Yeah, he'll he'll probably see more red zone looks, which is good, but he'll probably see less targets. So it's if you're not in PPR, I'd say it's good. But if you're in PPR, it's probably not as good. So it's kind of tough to say. It it, it could work out better if he gets a lot of touchdowns. And we all know how touchdowns can vary. So I'm going to say it's about even. All right, so is it time to play DeAndre Swift? I guess. I mean, it's not pretty because, you know, Jamal Williams is still there and getting goal line work. But I feel like Swift's somebody that he's explosive with the ball in his hands. He gets receptions. like he's, And it, he, a lot of times he'll end up in the end zone. So that's another game that could end up a potential shootout, Green Bay and Detroit. I kind of forgot about that one. You know, Green Bay's defense a little banged up. Detroit's defense horrendous. So, yeah, I kind of like that matchup, too. Is it also time to say that the Arnold's new quarterback is not 
like the worst quarterback in the lead and is actually an upgrade from what they had and more explosive. I mean, they did. Oh, they yeah, had some really nice moments. <laughs> I mean, they had some really nice moments on offense last week. Yeah, I think they're starting to come together. You know, their ground game looks good with Foreman and, yeah, this new quarterback's looking like an upgrade. DJ Moore finally had a huge game. So, yeah, definitely a positive there. And them and the Bengals, that could be a pretty good matchup. You know, as well as speaking of the Falcons, they, they, they're playing the Chargers this week. That could also and, end up pretty high score. Right. So now that I'm thinking about it, it could, it could still be some decent fantasy matchups. And the Bengals – are injured on defense right now. Yeah, I noticed the betting line on that team. I said I like the Bengals in that one minus seven, but that seems does seem a little fishy. Like why that line's not more? And yeah, if they're injured on defense. That could explain it. So yeah, that's uh, that's definitely one to keep an eye on because DJ Moore against that secondary should do. And also Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall's a sleeper to watch. Former LSU product might finally be starting to. Get get it together after kind of a rough start to his career. Okay, Mike Williams is still out, and Keenan Allen still struggling with, uh, you know, hamstring issues. How worried are you about the Chargers? And is there maybe a third or fourth wide receiver for the Chargers that maybe someone needs to pick up because of all that? Right. Yeah, the Chargers look bad. I mean, they look really bad. Atlanta. Atlanta just seems like they're getting everything kind of. Lucky, like they just seem like one of those lucky kind of teams where I think they'll probably win that game. And you know, Mariota to do pretty well there, they'll get Patterson back. But as far as the Chargers, you know, I'm thinking that you know, Josh, Josh Palmer, Josh Palmer is on the target, him and Gerald Everett. Because even if Keenan Allen goes, I don't expect him to be 100%. DeAndre Carter might do some of the Mike Williams role, but he's not Mike Williams, so I'm thinking that Palmer. And, of course, Eckler and Everett will be the main ones involved. Because even if they don't win the game, Herbert's going to be slinging it against that awful fucking secondary. All right. So what is the one or, one or two or three of the biggest injuries you're, you're, we, people need to keep an eye on going into this fantasy weekend? Uh, they, that Jonathan Taylor, definitely number one, you know, battling the ankle. I Hope he plays, I and mean, if he plays, he got to play him. But if he doesn't, then fire up Deion Jackson. He was, Naheem Hines got traded. Jackson should be the the primary back if Taylor doesn't go. And James Conner still banged up. Keep an eye on him. Um, see if he goes. If not, Eno Benjamin's a solid play. You know, Michael Thomas, I mean, I know it's a Monday night game, so I probably wouldn't risk it. But keep an eye on the Saints injury report just in case Thomas goes, because if he goes, then he's – I know he hadn't done anything lately, but he might be worth a flex play. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. I uh, appreciate your time as always, Guru. Take care. For sure. Yep, you too, Kim. All right. We'll take a timeout. Speaking of the Saints, it's time to talk to Luke Johnson, the advocate in NOLA.com. We'll do that next. On the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. How much does foot despise the San Francisco 49ers? Well, you be the judge. I love turning 50 because I was no longer a 49. Back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you, if you would like to be one of the first people to watch a private viewing of the new movie, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, you could do so at uh, Celebrity Theaters in Broussard on November the 10th. And that's a week from today, I believe. It's the third. Yeah, a week from today. This is what you need to do if you would like to do that. Text PANTHER to 337-283-8100. Text PANTHER to 283-8100 if you would like to win two tickets to a private viewing of that, of the big new movie. And that's brought to you by Celebrity Theaters, Sherman Insurance, and The Game. All right, we'll take a little break from the World Series talk and me just obsessing about all the good and bad that's going on in that series. Well, it's time to talk Saints football with Luke Johnson. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, man. I'm, I'm glad to see that uh, that you did not come completely unglued every game. Through. Well, you know, I was seriously worried. I, I did like the fact that they were going from a pitcher that throws all breaking balls that doesn't match up with the Phillies to one who throws high fastballs and is as good a high fastball thrower as there is in the big league right now. So I, I, I kept telling myself the matchup is good. Hang in there. You know, but it's hard to do. I mean, it, the ups, the um, the emotions of like being totally invested into a, a baseball postseason are just there's so many ups and downs. Yes, I would 100% agree with that. <laughs> it is just it is so difficult. But anyway, uh, it is a huge emotional investment, and so I don't know how much I have left, but I hope uh, the Astros will reward me in the end. All right. Speaking of emotional investments, this Saints season is, I mean, there's almost no way to explain it all. Uh, I guess I'm, I didn't really like the matchup with the Raiders, to be honest with you, but a lot of that was I was just so down. I'm still so frustrated with all the injuries and, you know, this guy and matchup and this and then and Jawan Johnson was on the injury report. And, you know, you, you always think the worst now with injuries because you've been conditioned to do that. I mean, there's no, it was almost hard to explain what happened Sunday. Yeah, well, I mean, the only way you can explain it is to say uh, that's exactly, you know, who you thought the Saints might be this year, right? But it was the only thing. The only thing is, it was the eighth game. It was the first time seeing that team. Um, you know, I, I think I think the Raiders are a bad team. I, I think there were some things about that matchup that kind of like scared me a little bit from a Saints perspective, right? Like, um, I didn't like the uh, the Raider, Raiders had a pretty potent offense going up against the Saints defense. It was missing some key playmakers. I thought that could have been a problem, but like the, the reality is, we went into the season thinking like, okay, the Saints are going to be a team that will beat bad teams handily, and then we'll see how they do against the good teams, right? So that's exactly the team that we kind of expected to see. It's but, just, it's just, it, it took eight games to see it, and now I, I don't know if you can, if you can take that one outcome and be like, oh yeah, this is going to be what we're going to see the rest of the year. Well, obviously, the biggest thing is they didn't turn over the football. I mean, if and, and I know you can't do this, uh, but if if you take away turnovers, they might have two more wins. You know, but uh, they, they might they might have more than that. As, look, if if you look back at all of their losses, the only one, the only one where where the difference in the game was not points scored off of turnovers was Cincinnati, and that was the game they went one for four, one for five in the red zone. So. Every single one of those games, the, the other team's points off turnovers was more than the amount of points the Saints lost the game by. Every single one. So I, I think you can argue that they would be, you 
know, maybe in consideration for like one of the top two seeds in the NFC if they didn't continue shooting themselves in the foot. And obviously, teams are going to turn the ball over, uh, but the Saints were at this like ridiculous clip, and they weren't forcing enough of their own to really make up for it. So, obviously, you never know if you're going to commit a turnover. The biggest way to prevent turnovers, I think, is to have the lead and throw the football when you want to and when you and not when you feel like you have to. And um, how, how possible is that going to be in this matchup, do you think? Uh, I think it's going to be tough. I, I think it's going to be tough because uh, just historically the Saints um, have had such a hard time defending mobile quarterbacks. I know we've talked about it on your show at Museum. And I think back when they were going up against Kyler a few weeks back and when I was on your show, I was talking about this matchup, right? I think this is going to be one where I have, like, no faith in the Saints defense to to keep Lamar Jackson from going off for 80, 90 yards rushing, right? Like, no faith. Like, they have to prove that to me before I can feel at all comfortable with that. So, yeah, I think they're going to have to, they're going to, have to score some points. I don't, I don't think they can go into this game just saying, like, we are going to – you know, control the game at the, at the line of scrimmage with our offense. We're going to, you know, run for 150 yards and, and you know, hit a couple play-action passes. Like, I just don't think that's going to be the type of game this is. Now, at times, their secondary's been vulnerable. Uh, their defense is not, certainly not elite like it has been at times, in you know, in the last two decades. So the offense should be able to do something. It's just can the defense stop them, right, or am I missing it? No, I, I agree with that. I, you know, I think – um, I think their their secondary has been really vulnerable. They've they've got some good players back there, but yeah, I, I don't have the numbers right in front of me. But I think Baltimore is like something like twenty sixth or twenty seventh in the NFL in pass defense, um, which is really unusual for them. Um, I think they're getting a lot of sacks, but not a lot of pressure. Um, so you know, it, I mean, they're a team that has that has blown like multiple like two score leads this year. Um, yeah, they're one of those teams where you know, I think they're like a game above 500 or something like that right now. And uh, and you, know, you look at them, you're like, how how are they not like, up with the Bills and the Chiefs right now? It's like, I think it's because they have they have some significant problems defensively. Yeah, they they need so, a closer, and they just they just they they they, they yeah. haven't closed games out. All right, so is there any chance that's day one? Marshawn Lattimore plays in this game. Marshawn's a, a little bit of a tricky one. Um, I think his uh, his injury is not like a like a muscular injury, right? So I think um, I think it's gonna it, it's like a hard one for me to project when he's going to be back. Um, I'm, obviously, we're going to be looking for him out there practice today, um, but I, I think that's a that's a tougher one. I think I'd, I'd be more confident in uh, Jarvis Landry potentially Michael Thomas than would be Marshawn Lattimore because. How in the world are they going to put enough people in the box to keep Lamar Jackson from gashing them if they can't trust their one-on-one coverage on the edge? Well, but I think they can. Look, I think getting, uh, I think getting Alante Taylor into the game and figuring out that he's pretty damn good, I think gives them a lot more, uh, a lot more confidence in that back end than they had before that, right? Um, I, I don't think Baltimore has anybody in their receiver core who scares me. Like, I, I don't think this is a game where you need Marshawn to make sure they they don't have like their their top guy going off for a huge game. Um, 
really, this is this is a, a game where I think it's it's going to be important for them to have PJ Williams back. He's eligible to come back. They just uh, they just released Bryce Thompson the other day, which is kind of a signal to me that um, that you know, PJ might be coming back. And I, I think PJ, you know, granted, he's going to be coming off of an injury, but he's he's a guy who throughout his career has been a pretty sure tackler. Um, and I think when you combine that with some speed, it might help him in that regard. So I, I think he's, he's he's not more important than Marshawn Lattimore by any stretch, not even close, but I think he's an important guy to get back. Yeah, but but if Lattimore was available, then wouldn't Elante Taylor, the guy tr- tackling Lamar Jackson? Uh, maybe, I, but I don't know. I mean, I, look, I, I'd anticipate he'd be in the lineup, right? But I think they could they could try to do something where they're they're running a little bit more dime, right? Where PJ uh, PJ could play the deep safety and you could bring Tyron Matthew down. Um, yeah, I think you could get more speed on the field, guys who are sure tacklers. I know Tyron has not been that this year, uh, but I, I think yeah that that would be something where I anticipate where where like yes I I, I think Alonzo Taylor should be on the field, but like uh, but I, I think he should be on the field with some other. Short tackling defensive back. If that makes sense. How close is Troutman? I think he's pretty close. Um, I, maybe not to being, uh, you know, like a like a big time pass catching option. Um, but I, I think uh, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about him coming back and playing this week, and that, that'll be big for their run game. And are we still two or three weeks away on Kyle Turley as a backup tackle, or not not that close? Tough to tough to say on that one. Um, I asked Dennis Allen about him on uh, what was it Monday. Um, he said he's out of the walking boot. He's doing cardio, so he's like running on a treadmill right now. Um, but I, I don't exactly know what that means. So I, I, I'm still guessing probably in November, maybe maybe the uh, the Rams game after the Steelers game. But um, but you know we we could go out there and see him out there practice today. It, it wouldn't be a complete surprise. Here on Footnotes, you may not always exactly hear what you want to hear, but you will hear what you need. And, of course, I got all these, oh, you're an idiot. And, you know, what kind of Saints fan are you? Look, I'm not telling you what I want to happen. I'm telling you what's going to happen, what more than likely is going to happen. Back to more of the sports talk you need to listen to with footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. We're speaking with Luke Johnson of the AdvocateAndNola.com. All right. Offense. I I personally prefer when 41 catches the ball than when he runs the ball. So last week was obviously very 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 nice performance. Very much looking for it. Uh, looking you know been looking forward to that performance. Obviously the Saints are comfortable with their running back position because they didn't address it. So do they they just like Dwayne Washington way better than fans like me do? I mean how do you explain all that situation? Oh, I don't know. I, and I'm, I'm really curious to see if they tried to kick the tires on some of the, the running backs who are available on the on the market. Um, yeah, I think probably it was a smart decision for them not to trade for somebody like Kareem Hunt if the Aston Price was like a fourth rounder. Yeah, they would have been going into next year's draft with uh, with a second and a third. And I think we've seen this year this team has some stuff it needs to address there. Um, 
So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm curious to see. I, I, I'm imagining the uh, yeah, they maybe like what they've, they've seen out of Jordan Howard or Jake Funk. Yeah, I don't think you need to be like a great running back to succeed in this offense right now. I think the offensive line is opening some really big holes, especially if guys are kind of comfortable running in that zone blocking scheme. Um, so we'll see. I, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I don't think it's uh, serving anybody's purpose to just bang Alvin Kamara into the line for 25 carries a game. Um, they're going to have to have somebody there. Um, I just don't know whether it's going to be Dwayne Washington or one of those guys they already have or – you know, they're even going to be kicking the tires on, on some of the free agents who are out there right now, which uh, you know, I think that's probably kind of a bleak proposition there. Is Batman's running ability, which a lot of teams don't have, is that the reason why they're so comfortable with doing what they've done? Uh, I, I don't know if it's the reason, like the reason, but I think it's definitely part of the it factors into the equation, right? I mean, you can you can pretty much bank on six to ten carries a game for Taysom Hill. Uh, he's probably going to give you 40 to 60 yards, right? Um, I think that's I think that's pretty good. Um, I, I think that's that's probably what you're going to get from um, from a backup running back of any kind. It's, it's probably it's better than the production Mark Ingram was giving them. So, um, like, I still think you need a guy there, right? You, you need somebody else to come in and, and take some of the load off. But uh, but having Taysom is a really big. Uh, really big part of that equation so have you are you like are you comfortable with where the offense is right now and what I mean by that is they've they've one of my big questions coming into the season is what are they going to do on third and short well they've been fabulous they like lead the league in third and short and the other big concern is what is going to be their strategy in the red zone so they've done tremendous on third and short but in the red zone they kind of struggle so kind of how do you kind of weed your way through all of that I don't know. I, I mean, I, I just think they've they've kind of been finding out who they are these last couple of weeks. I think they've been playing pretty well on that side of the ball. And look, I think a lot of it goes into uh, that offensive line um, playing at a really high level. I think a higher level than maybe I was anticipating they would play at all season. Um, you know, the sacks that we talked about at nauseum early in the year uh, are just have not been an issue lately. I think they've only given up like five sacks since Andy Dalton has taken over the the starting quarterback job. Um, you know, Andy's played a role in that for sure, but Steve Drury is playing at a really high level. Ryan Ramchek is playing at a really high level. Andres Pete, I think, had a really great game the other day. Eric McCoy is you know, playing up to his billing as one of the better centers in the NFL. Um, and, and all those guys are doing that together at the same time. And I think that's why we're seeing them have so much success in the ground game. It's why. Uh, you know, Andy Dalton, I think, has played a has played pretty good ball. Even though they're you know two and three, he took over. It's not what you want, but I, I think I don't think Andy Dalton's been the reason for that. So um, I, yeah, I'm really really liking where they're at right now, offensively. And I think if they add some more back into the mix, some more playmakers, with some of the problems that we've seen, um, it can get alleviated a little bit. Uh, I, I don't think you're going to have to rely on Kevin White and Marquez Galloway out there. You can have yeah, Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas are a huge part of what they do. If they get those guys back, yeah, they're not going to have to throw glance to Marquez Galloway on third down. They get to throw to Michael Thomas. They can throw Michael Thomas in the red zone. That's huge for them. 
But but I mean, really, I mean, is this a pipe dream that they could be back? I mean, like, no, no, it's not. I I I would almost anticipate Jarvis would be back this week. Um, you know, obviously we got to see what happens to practice. Uh, but I I think Jarvis is is a guy who could be back very soon. And and um, you know, Michael Thomas. I mean, I I, I don't want to put like a like a on when that might be. Um, but he's definitely going to be back this year. I, I, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind about that. So, um, look, I, I just I think they've played very, very well without those guys. And I think once you start adding like premier playmakers back in the mix, um, I think they could they could really take off offensively. The big key for me is whether the defense can play anything remotely like what played like on uh, on Sunday against the Raiders. So, I mean. Before I get back to the defense, Rashid Sahid. I mean, they, it's like they they use him and he has a big play, and then they use him and they have a big play, and then there's just that's just it. I mean, I, I guess does that make sense? Well, I going into this last game, I, I mean, it was it was kind of frustrating for me. I, like I feel like like football coaches oftentimes outsmart themselves, right? Everything needs to be a certain way, and you can't do this because that's how that's how things are done. And you know, we're we're football geniuses, blah 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 blah. Like, okay, I I don't care like how much a guy may or may not struggle to learn the offense. I'm not saying Rashid Shahid did, you know, but like, I don't care how hard it is to work somebody into a game plan, whatever. Like, it's not that hard to throw a bubble screen to a guy, to you know, have a guy run a jet sweep very, very simple offensive plays where you just get the ball in his hands and let him go. So it didn't make sense to me after the first the first uh, you know, two games he was in the lineup where he, he goes 50 yards for a touchdown. Both times he touches the ball, and they don't get him the ball ever again. Right. Uh, especially those were those were first quarter plays in those games, right? Yes. Like you see, they see the guy has, has like tremendous skill. Um, and then you don't get them the ball. And I think last week they did a much better job of that. I, it, I I don't know exactly off the top of my head what he finished with, but I would say it's probably about four touches, right? I think that's it's probably in the realm where he needs to be. You know, get him the ball three, four times a game. You don't need to force feed him, but like find your shots and take them. They had that nice thirty-yard shot to him downfield, and I think they gave him two or three other t- touches on top of that. I, I think that's probably where he needs to be. All right, so getting back to the defense, here's my concern. You know, like, uh, as I joked earlier this week, uh, Gus, as I call him, Yamada was out of the witness protection program this week. I, I, you kind of forgot he was even on the team because, he's, you know, he's done nothing. And Davenport's been a huge disappointment. And, and all those guys showed up and made some big plays last week. But, but this week you're playing a running quarterback – they're probably going to fade back into nothing because they're not going to be able to be overly aggressive, right? I mean, is that what we're looking at here? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I'm anticipating, right? I, I, and look, I, I don't think that what they did last week was any, any like, like was overly aggressive, right? They didn't, they still didn't blitz very much last week. Um, it was all just like the, the front four getting home, but like against these mobile guys, like I, I don't think you can have those guys. Uh, doing the twists and the stunts and and you know and doing all that like they have to be cautious and they have to hold their rush lanes and you know they've said this stuff in the past and it still hasn't mattered right so like I just 
I don't think that we're going to see a repeat performance last week. I, I'll just put it that way. Like, I, I don't think they're going to be you know, collapsing the pocket on this guy and, uh, and you know, getting getting after him and sacking him a bunch. I, it, that's just not how it's kind of worked against these guys. And they've, they've um, you know, found little creases and they've exploited them for big games. So it's going to be it's, – it's really a Marcus May game, it sounds like. Like, he's going to have to play tremendous in terms of tackling people in the, in the middle of the field. Yeah, Marcus May, Pete Werner, DeMario, I think DeMario Davis needs to really step up this week. Um, yeah, I, I think it's more on those on those uh, middle and uh, and back end uh, portions of the defense, um, and that's that's probably why they've they've struggled against these kind of teams in recent years. But I think the strength of their defense, in, in, in as long as they've been good these last like four or five years, has always been in their defensive front. Um, and when those guys are like not really a factor in the game, when they're just kind of when they're just kind of holding a line, right? I, I think that that kind of exposes some of the other guys for, um, you know, for for you know, they, they don't fit in that kind of system. I don't think. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be big on on Marcus May and Pete Werner and Demario Davis and Tyron Matthew um, to you know keep that in check and not let that you know just be where they're getting killed on 10, 15, 20-yard scrambles from Lamar Jackson all day. Is Paulson Adebo healthy enough to be what we thought he was going to be? Because to me, his play has not been good. I think he, I think he played a lot better last week. Um, and I think he's getting there. I, I don't think he's really fully healthy. Um, but, I, look, I, I mean, I, I watched him every day in training camp. I saw him going up against really good receivers. I mean, Mike Thomas was having an amazing training camp and like his battles against, uh, against Paulson and Debo were uh, pretty intense. Um, I think Debo is going to be a very, very good player, uh, but I just don't know if he's, um, if he's going to get to where he can be this year with that ankle. It just feels like that's, that's something where he's, he's playing on something that's not a hundred percent. It's really tough to keep up with these receivers when you're playing like that. Um, so I, I don't know if this is the year where he's going to be like, yes, he's the guy we saw in training camp. Can you believe Will Lutz missed that field goal? I, I, I no. still cannot believe. Like, what is his problem? I don't know. He's he's kicking better on fifty plus yard field goals than he is on anything like shorter than forty yards. It's kind of kind of insane. Um, yeah, I think maybe it was maybe it was. Uh, a little presumptuous on everybody's part to to just assume he was kind of going to kind of come back after a year off to being the exact same kicker we all kind of have grown to know these last couple of years. Um, yeah, it was. It's it, the sad. The saddest part is I I don't necessarily think it's that surprising. He's, he's kind of struggled on those uh, on those shorter field goals this year. It just it just drives me bonkers. All right, so do you think? that there's anything to, okay, we talked last week, oh, you got to get your swagger back and all that stuff. Do you think they're a confident team that's going to that's gonna play like a confident? I mean, you think that they solved those issues? I mean, do you sense that? Uh, I mean, I definitely think they're, they're a more confident team after that. They, they've seen what they can do when they're playing right. Um, but I, I think before I can say that they've, they've solved that stuff, they've, they've got to show me they can do it more than just when their backs are completely against the wall. They've, they've got to put it together in consecutive games. They've got to put it together, put together like a three or four game win streak, right? 
where they're really like feeling themselves. Then, like, if that's the case, like, yeah, I'll say that it's back. But like, you cannot say it after one game. Like, they have to prove it's it's more than just a flash in the pan for them. This is just, I mean, there's just no way to understate how big of a game this is Monday. Yeah, it's huge. Because look, if if you win this game, right? First of all, you're you're finally getting back to where you're playing well in the dome, right? It's it's something they haven't done well in you know, two years now. Yes. Um, and then uh, and then on top of that, you, you know, you can kind of use this as a launching pad. You, you, after the week, you know, I think there's a couple of winnable games on the schedule before it starts getting really really tough, right? Like you can, I think they can beat Pittsburgh. I think they can beat LA. But then you know you start getting into a stretch where it's San Francisco and it's Tampa, and uh, and you know it's Philly. Um, I, you know it starts getting really tough. I, I think this is really important for them uh, to show they can do it. Go out and get a win. Start build, get a little streak going, and build that build that confidence back up to where they feel like they can go up against the better teams in the conference in the NFL. The problem with the Steelers is this is where the NFL is cheats teams and it's very unfair. Saints are on a Monday night game going on the road to a team that's coming off a bye. That should never, ever happen. And you know what? It feels like it's happened about four or five times with the Saints already this year. Yes. This is a very disadvantageous schedule. They did the same thing to the Bucs. Jameis is last year there. They do it to teams all the time. It's not fair and no one cares. Because they've got the whole country Buffalo. But anyway, I don't have time to go down that rant. But I appreciate your time as always. We'll see what happens. And again, think about me tonight. An emotional roller coaster continues. <laughs> you got it. I have faith in you, Kevin. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Luke. Luke Johnson. I hope he's right. I, 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 well, again, he, he's not totally confident that they've turned the corner. But I hope he's right that some of these People can be coming back. I just wish he was wrong and, 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 and Lattimore was coming back. But he seemed way more confident than Les did that that Mike, that Landry and or Plastic Man could come back. I hope he's right. Take a timeout. Come back. Finish out today's show on the game. Welcome back to the game. Want to remind you, looking for... Stocking, stocking stuffer for the holiday season or just need an, an evening out to relieve yourself from the stress of the World Series maybe next week or so or whatever. If you would if you would like to win a $150 gift certificate from Mr. Lesser Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou or a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen, any other great prizes that are going to be coming up in the months ahead, you can't win if you don't join the game clubhouse. So join today by going to 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com today. All right, Game 5, Phillies Astros. Tonight, you can hear the game right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. And if you haven't heard, um, if you've seen me on Facebook Live before over the years, we started it in game one of the 2017 World Series, and we've done quite a few over the years with the Astros in the World Series. We even did some championship series, uh, did the Saints for a while. We haven't done that in a long time. Um, but you can catch Facebook, we are planning on doing Facebook Live again tonight. And again, you can catch it on the game's Facebook and Twitch accounts tonight. If you haven't seen it, then it's a little bit different. It's basically um, us watching the World Series 
So a lot of times what, what, what a lot of people tell me they do is they watch the game and then they turn to us and see what our reaction is. So we'll see how if we can survive a Facebook Live tonight. Going to have Blaine Viator and James Mesh, uh, I'm told, that are going to be there and looking forward to um, to that tonight. Game five, Phillies-Astros. I can't help but go back to game five. Phillies Astros, 1980 of the NLCS. It's a deciding game. Remember, the NLCS back then was was a five game series, and the winner goes to the World Series. And the Astros had already played three extra inning games in the first four games of that series with the Phillies. It was tied at two, just like this one is. Phillies Astros. Nolan Ryan was given a 5-2 to two lead for all the people that love to, you know, you had a Hall of Fame starting pitcher, future Hall of Famer. The Astros had five runs. Does that sound familiar? Five runs. Gave Nolan Ryan a 5-2 to two lead going to the eighth inning, and, of course, he choked like a dog like he always did for the Astros in the playoffs. Choked like a dog. And uh, the Astros... Loss, and I can still see seven. Couldn't get Dale Unser out. And Dale Unser, that guy was such a pest. Dale Unser. Uh, they tied the game, scored two in the tenth, and Astros lost seven to five. It was just, it was so crushing. And I can, I can still see poor Jose Cruz on the bench, tears in his eyes, just totally crushed. Totally demoralized. I mean, they were that close to going to the World Series in their first ever postseason appearance. Remember the year before, they had never made the playoffs. They led the all year long, and they collapsed down the stretch, and the Reds caught them, finished a game and a half out from making the playoffs. It was much tougher to make the playoffs back then because only four teams in all of baseball. Now you got six teams making the playoffs on each side. Back then, only four teams. You either won your division and made the playoffs or you were out. And they had never made the playoffs. So the year before, they they had a big lead and fell apart. And then the first ever playoff appearance, they had a three-run lead going to the eighth inning. And they could not seal the deal. And it's just sickening. And so that can't happen tonight. Got to score more than five runs. Got to score more than five runs. People keep telling me I expect too much. Well, again, five runs during the regular season is fine. I mean, you're going to win almost every game that way, the way the Astros pitch. But there comes a time in the postseason. It happened in uh, in game one. Look, they, they wouldn't have won that game if they only scored five runs. They got Verlander got lit. And uh, this is a game that has high scoring against baseball. Anything can happen. Who thought they were going to throw a no-hitter last night? No one thought that. It's craziness. So anything can happen in baseball. You understand that. But all everything points towards a high-scoring game. So you have to be able to score runs in more than one inning. Got to hit the ball tonight. Need to go out and score eight or nine runs. We'll see you all tonight on Facebook Live. Have a nice day.